podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Evening, everyone. Welcome to Sports Unplugged. My name is Kev, and with me tonight is the usual Chris Brack. Evening, Chris. How are you doing, mate? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, listen, we we had a great plan of what we were going to do tonight and stuff we were going to get through. Did and we? Then um, it kind of went a bit sideways with um, Arsenal asking to get a game postponed. Yeah, and. Here's the thing. I was going to talk about this anyway because of the amount of games that are going to have to be made up in the, you know, from a standing start from now. The likes of Leicester are going to have four games to make up. Burnley are up to five. Hmm. A lot of the league sides are on two or three that they have to make up. And COVID isn't going away. So at some point, at some point, the league are going to have to put their hand up and say, look, enough. But the problem is, and I understand. How do you how do you feel about it first and foremost? Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a weird one because um, I get the COVID cases because you know we've quite a few, I think every club's been hit by it, so I get that. The injury ones is a little bit of a a grey area for me because most every club all clubs get injuries and you talk to, you have to suck it up and you know you use your squad and if you can't use your squad you use your kids. Because I think isn't the Leicester one is. They, they haven't got enough fit players, but it's not really COVID case. It is they've got a lot of long term injuries, which is fairly unfortunate for them. But a bit like you kind of have to deal with that. I mean, the, the, I don't know the ins and outs of the Arsenal. The rumor is Arsenal have got is it two COVID cases, but a lot of it is long term injuries. Yeah, I think the reason such a big who are is there was a big social media who are about Liverpool, you know, postponing the game and a lot of um, moral high grounds and high horsing from certain fans. So. You look, I, I always think be careful going on these high horse things because they, they tend to come back biting the arse a little bit. The bit I find a, a bit weird is that Arsenal have only got 12 senior players now that they can choose from. But they would have had 14, but they loaned two lads out. Not the so, young lads, but they've loaned them out and the, the lads who've been in, in and around the squads. So I'm a bit like, very early in the window. Generally, most of these loan deals get done quite late in the window because you know where you are then. What, yeah. You know, so... There is a little part of me going, you could have had Nathan Niles, you could have got Nathan Niles until last week in Jan, which yeah. means you could have played the game. So, and look, I think Spurs aren't happy because they probably think it's an opportunity to play a weakened Arsenal side, you know, win a North London derby. You know, you can get you can get that point of view. So, I mean, I my, my biggest issue with all of this is the transparency and the lack of it. Man City apparently have a player with a uh, COVID problem. Uh, mm-hmm. We've already been told by Manchester City that no one will ever know who that is. 
So we have to take them on their word that that's what's going on there. Well, as long as um, the league, I assume they, they probably have a leak. Yeah, can't just so, a leak. We're going to go over the case. I'm not telling you who. I, I think as long as the authorities know, then I mean, the nice way, we don't need to know. You know, I know everyone likes to know, but ultimately, yeah. as long as the leaks know that and all the Ordinar- ordinarily, I'd have said, yeah, that's fair enough. But my biggest issue with this now is that because everyone is left to the guessing game, nobody knows what's going on, and nobody mm. trusts anybody. And no, that's the biggest problem. the The league have lost the moral authority and the trust of fans, especially fans who are traveling to games. I mean, it's. Okay, if you're in London and you live in London and you're going to Tottenham, Arsenal, it's not a big hassle for you. But if you're an Arsenal fan or a Spurs fan traveling from Ireland and the game yeah. is, and you're sat there on Friday night and the game might be called off on Saturday, you don't know, and your flight is Saturday, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. These are big global clubs with global fan bases to travel to these games. This is the biggest game of the year you know, for a lot of these fans. Mm. And to drop it on them at the last minute is a bit ridiculous. And the problem is they're running out of time, you know, because yeah. once European games start back up for a lot of TV, clubs. for a lot of clubs, but mainly for you look at the TV revenue that they've lost out on, you know, once the Champions League and Europa League and the Conference League starts back up, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, TV slots taken. The Monday night football and the Friday night football aren't going to change. So all of these clubs have lost out on however many millions in TV revenue as it is, plus fans traveling to and from games. It's getting to be a nightmare. And the FA Cup showed every club, all 92 clubs, are capable of putting out a side. Right? It's, just, now, the, it's the balancing act of they can put a side out, but is it what you want to watch? Do you, do you want to watch? You know, Liverpool got through, which is fine, but... You could have had a case where it could have been, I don't know, Tottenham got beat by Morecambe because Tottenham has played their under-18s. Which, look, if that's the rules, that's the rules. But you're going, it's not really a giant killing, is it? It's not really, you know, Tottenham Morecambe's over telling you, going, yeah, but it's, it's, it, I'm watching Tottenham under-18s play Morecambe. It's kind of not what I want to see. I kind of want to see Morecambe against Tottenham. And can it be a real cup upset? You yeah, know, that's I mean, the, pure, the purest in me. That was what you'd like to see. But, yeah, I mean, the other thing that's farcical is, in the Premier League and the F and the League Cup, it's one rule. FA Cup has a different rule. Europe has a different rule. It's got it's got to be a bit more uniform, I think, across the board. As people at chat are pointing out, is you're not seeing these levels of cancellations across Europe. And let's be honest, not. it's not like the rest of Europe. Oh, they hardly have any COVID cases. You know, everywhere's pretty much probably as bad as each other now with COVID. You can't escape it. But yeah, they are doing things like I think Bayern Munich has to play a game. They had two or three 16 year olds on the bench. That's that's what they had to do, you know. It's the consistency that oh, the perceived lack of consistency. Look, ultimately, if Arsenal follow the protocol that says, "Yes, we've got this many players missing. We have only got 12. Well, the rule we've been told is you need thirteen plus, including the goalkeeper. So if you've only got twelve, the game can't go ahead. Yeah. We could all. I mean, this is all wasted of... energy kicking off over it. No, like, this this is a problem that's been created by the, the by the Premier League. Yeah. You know, ultimately, this is the Premier League didn't set the guidelines clearly from the very start. Hmm. And I have no doubt the clubs have manipulated this process. I have no doubt about it whatsoever. And the way things are now, you've got 
You've got probably you look all right, let's put it this way. Arsenal and Tottenham. Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, Man United are going to be fighting for top four, right? Now that's huge that's a huge money spinner where a point or three points could be the difference. It could be absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Now Tottenham were able to get games postponed earlier in the season. And now they're looking back to somewhat, say, just for argument's sake, they're back to full fitness, full, you know, full strength. Arsenal are now in the exact same boat that Tottenham were in only six weeks later, but the pressure is coming from everyone, myself included, for Tottenham, for Arsenal to be forced to play at a disadvantage when, yeah. when Tottenham, well, you know, Arsenal would be at a disadvantage and Tottenham didn't have that disadvantage, if you know what I mean. So, because they've allowed this to go on for so long, it's um, it's it's going to be a nightmare. I don't know how they're going to put, how they're going to play this out. Because as I said, no. you got the likes of Burnley, Leicester, and a lot of other clubs are on three games to make up. Three games is probably about the limit of where you'd yeah, want to be. I mean- we're lucky. We've only got one. I don't think. I, I think City have managed to avoid a, a replay. Yeah, so City far. don't have any. So you know, I, I think Chelsea have only got one, maybe two. One. The, yeah, one. so a few clubs have been fortunate. You know, that's what we've all. But we said this weeks ago. Is and this isn't a dig at Arsenal. This isn't a dig at Tottenham. No, you it's know, not. The, the protocols are there, and that's what it is. It's the the lack of transparency or the lack of uh, clear thinking by the Premier League and the FA because not be funny, COVID's been here for two years, so I'm not accepting this. Oh, it's a, it's unprecedented. Those we've seen how rapidly COVID spreads through the whole of the UK, so and the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. The, it, it it wouldn't take a genius to go. Well, what happens if a football team gets ten players with COVID and they can't play for two weeks? Do we do, what do we do? And easily could have just not easily, but they could have wrote a protocol saying, right, this is the this is the cutoff point, and this is the the no period. Anything below this threshold, anything above this threshold, you play, and it will mean that you've got to play very weakened sides. But that's the rule, and you know, yeah, if, if, if you look in, you look in. But look, they haven't done that, so you it's know. up in the air. And it seems to me like they've they've flip flopped on it all the way through. You know, yeah. it's um, some. Some clubs are getting games called. I mean, I, I don't imagine that Arsenal would ask for this game to be called off if they didn't have all the ducks in a row. Oh yeah, they wouldn't you know, do because uh, yeah. you, you look really stupid if you say if, and you make it known to have. It's been known to everyone that they want the game called and it doesn't get called off. You know, you think either they've, they've not followed the protocol properly, or again, yeah. the the other thing which you wouldn't be surprised is the rules have changed again. Yeah, you know, but and it'd be we'll pe- it'd be it'll be public pressure. Well, the change it. Oh, I think so. Like, you've got to, you've got to have just as long as you can put an eleven out. We don't care. Well, what you're suddenly getting the pressure coming from the media companies now. When you had the likes of Carragher and Neville talking about about it tonight, mm. um, so the media companies through the pundits are putting indirect pressure on the leagues to get these fixtures played. And I understand their point of view. I understand the logistics of all of this as well with the calendar where the dates going forward into the next three, four months just aren't really, they're not as plentiful as they would have, would have been before. You know, granted you have extra slots where you would have had cup replays, but that's to say that that's assuming that there's no more 
games called off between now from now going forward. All it mm. takes is another one or two. Imagine if Burnley end up with six or seven or eight games. You don't want to play them because, as we all commented, you know, the last weekend in January is actually a free week. Yeah. We can't, we're not allowed to play games in that because it's a, it's an international weekend. It's an international week for South Americans and I think it's a, I think some the Asian qualifiers Asian as well. Asian qualifiers as well, yeah. So it's a free weekend, but it's not. It's basically, and, actually, for European players, it's a winter break. Yeah, from what I understand, and Laura's in the chat, Laura will be able to correct me. This is due to the South American championships being played when it was played mm-hmm. at a time when their World Cup qualifiers should have been happening and yeah, didn't. Yeah. So because they, those games have to be made up, they had to create one slot to do it. And it so happens that this is the, the slot that they decided I mean, to settle up. That's a better idea than the other than the other situation where you're having like three games in a week and South America has literally coming coming out on the day of the game, which yeah. is, doesn't that doesn't help anyone. That doesn't help anyone, no. No, so <laughs> but, but wait, I mean, whatever 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 decision was agreed on, no one's no one's gonna be happy. I think a lot no. of the you know the chat are like that. I think look, social media is the way, is the way it is, the hyperbole it is. It's because of how certain fans reacted and you know the yeah over some reactions we saw now it boots and other foot and it's it, it's laughing at the backtracking look yeah we said at the time look the game gets called off because you know you follow the protocol it gets called off you know it's annoying you know if the game gets called off Thursday it'll be annoying but yeah it is what it is and also the later think, they leave it the more annoyed people are going to get that's just exactly the way it is but I mean look last night do we want to talk about it or or Joe you know, um look. I was on last night. I've had I've had my my say on it. You you were watching it. I I mean, when the eleven when the starting eleven was announced, what were you like? Um, I was alright with it. You know, I look look. I know everyone will go. Oh no, it's this. And look, I've already got one in the chat who's saying net spenders three point six million since December. Who gives a shit? You know. Yeah. And I had people messaging me at half time saying big summer ahead of us. I'm like, it's a, it's a bloody semi final. You're talking about signings. But look, I saw the eleven. I thought it was fine. I thought. They probably went for experience and probably thought it, they'd pressurise Arsenal. What, what the thing that frustrates me is we didn't play very well. Once we went down to ten men, you know, we actually lost our way. We didn't, we didn't keep stretching them wide, which, which is basically how we got the players sent off anyway. Uh, but the big thing um, for me was, and this is nothing to do with signings, owners, and if you don't like this, I don't care. The manager had a bit of a nightmare, as did, to be honest. Bar Matip and Allison, every senior player had, had a nightmare that night. Yeah. It was pretty obvious to me that, and I'm look, I, I'm a lugout, you know, I'm I'm no football genius, you know, I, I'm just some lad who watches football on telly. You didn't need three holding midfielders once you once had ten. You needed something with a bit more spark. And you saw Curtis Jones came on, he gave you a spark, he made things happen. I know he gets a lot of grief. The 15 minutes that Nico Williams came on did more than the 60 minutes that Trent did. Listen, Trent's brilliant. But Trent stank the gaff out. Yeah, you know, Nico does not have a delivery of a Trent. He isn't Trent Alexander Arnold. But at least when he came out, he was positive. He just got the ball. He just ran at Arsenal. And do you know what? After being defending like as a team for so long, they were used to running at them and just get shit out of them. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's very crude, but that's what you needed. So it's a missed opportunity. Mean, it's a it's a missed opportunity. You know. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if Manimino gets that shot off at the end. You know, which he should score really. 
and we win 1-0, we, we all probably go a bit more like, ah, oh, what's one of them? But, and people, you know, and there's lots of stats going around, you know, Liverpool have faced 10 men six times this year, they've only scored three goals, which isn't great, but when you look at those games, you know, one of them was, we were 5 up at United, Leeds and United, we were already leading, Leeds were 2-0 yeah. up, United, we were 5-0 up, so it didn't really matter. Um, Atletico, Chelsea started season, you know, which Chelsea are very good at defending. We didn't play very well that game. And what's we won? Atletico Madrid. You yeah. know, we were two 0 up, and then the other time we were, we got it. To, we got it to three two. You know, and then obviously the Arsenal game tonight, which wasn't great, but and it's all if and if you know, it's all if puts and maybe if puts and maybe. go goal goes in. You've got the same statistics as City did against Arsenal. When Arsenal went down to ten men against City, City had. 10 attempts and they had one on target, which they scored from. You know, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't score from a one on target, but, you know, no one talks about it. So, no, it's, one of them. I mean, it's half time. Are you, yeah. how, are, how are you feeling? I mean, look, it's half time. You got Brentford at the weekend and you got Arsenal Thursday night, assuming that everything is right and, rain, right and rainy with Arsenal, everything's okay. Are you comfortable? Are you confident going to the Emirates? Um, we don't have the best record there, so which does bring a bit of nervousness. But, and it'd be interesting, I can't see him at home playing that defensive because he used to do that and he got him results, but he got him a lot of stick and he didn't like yeah. that. So for me, I'm a bit like, I think it'll probably suit us. Um, I'm not sure he'll play that, play that same front three. I think he might try and mix it up. If it was me, I'd probably start Chamberlain with... Fabinho and Henson, look, and the chat, some, some of the chat going on mad yep. goes like Henson, but who else are you going to start at the moment? Because all the other experienced options we, we could use to rotate Henderson out to give him a breather is one of them. And look, the Henderson bashing starts again. He's been poor for about a month. He has. Yeah. But unfortunately for us, the lads who we would bring in like a Tiago to basically give him a breather and say, you know, find your form again, he's injured. Cater's in Afghan. You know, what can you do? And Jones... Who probably would have got ball games than he should have, than he has already. Tore a tear in the back of his eye, which is the most bizarre injury I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so that's a that's but, actually, that's a more of a boxing injury. Yeah, you, you, don't, you hear you that hear a lot it. in boxing. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know, if you, if you don't hear it too much in football, the cash retina, it's a it's um serious serious injury. You know, I mean, it could have been a career in different. If you want to talk about eye injuries, if you've not seen it, watch the Michael Bispin documentary. Seen it. That is unreal. What happens yeah, to his it. eye? The guy basically won a world title with, with one eye. Yeah, because uh, watching um, it that night. Yeah, because when you watch it back, um, he won't go into details, but he found a way of passing a medical. But when he openly admits he couldn't see out of one eye, so he he won a world title with one eye. Um, so yeah, you know, and he, he has to wear like a fake eye. But yeah, so I'd probably think, and <coughs> I'd actually start Jones. On the left of the front. I was going to say, let's start with the Liverpool game for once. Here. Look, we'll go through the Premier League yeah. fixtures because it's a massive week end for the Premier League. It's absolutely huge. There's there's potential season-defining games up and down the league this, this weekend. And us v Brent, look, for, for every game that we play from now until the end of the season, it's they're all must-win. As far as I'm concerned, you know they mm-hmm. they must win 100. percent We've given up the luxuries of bad performances, and we're in the middle of a dodgy January. We're in a horrible run of form. Yeah, but we have to get a win. Um, how do you see? 
after what you know Klopp said today at his press conference and um, with Brentford coming, Brentford coming on the back of, a, I think, a 4-1 defeat to Southampton, mm. but it wasn't really as bad as a 4-1 scoreline suggests. You know, it was a deflected goal, one late on, another one against the run of play. It's just, you know, you get some games like that to go against you. But how do you see the weekend going? Look, we're at home, we should win. You know, mm. and that's what we should be doing at home. You know, Brentford in the uh, bottom half of the league, this is the side we have to we have to be beaten. No excuses. Um, I could see probably three changes from yeah. the side that played on Thursday. I think Simicastle coming for Robertson, who did have a great game. I literally think Trent keeps his place because he A, needs a minute, and B, you know, there is still a big drop-off to Nico. As much as he played all right when he came on, it's not it's not the same. Sorry, four changes, actually, sorry. Uh, I think Karate comes in for Matip. Uh, right. I think it's what his pace, and he'll want to keep Matip wrapped up for the semi-final. Because uh, compared to Matip, Matip was fabulous. Yeah, Matip did okay. He did really, really well. Midfield, Fabinho will play. Henderson will play. Because um, I think you need to play two, def- two holding or defensive players, whatever way you want to call it. Because I always think Liverpool's midfield balance looks best with two of Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, and then a, a more attack-minded player against this sort of side. When you're playing an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a City, we, our best midfield seems to be Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago. So I bring Ox in to give you that shot from distance. He's direct. He's a bit different. Yeah. And then the front three would be Jota, Bobby, and I'd put Jones left of, left of the front three, which is where he used. Thank you. It's where, it's where he played in the um, under-23s. That's where yeah. he made a name for himself. That's where he scored his goal against uh, Everton. You know, so he can play that. I think his long-term future is centre mid, but in the current climate, you know what? He just gives you something a bit different. And look, the two I thought he did all right against Shrewsbury. I just thought he was one of the real bright sparks that came on and at least was driving yeah. fouls. You know, he was just being a nuisance, but in a good way. So that's what I would do. Minamino is a bench option at best. Milner is a bench option at the moment. That's kind of how they should be. You know, and we sort of sort of go from there, really. Uh, well, VVD's form. People don't I was want to say. There's a comment in the chat. There is there a shout for VVD to be rested? He hasn't been great. No, he hasn't been great. But I think the only way he's going to get with that type of injury he's had. I remember Roy Keane saying it took him 12 months to feel like he was his old self again. And that I think with Van Dijk, that's what you're seeing. It's little positional things. It's just a half yard. Not too slow. It's like it's in the head, half yard, not reacting yeah, yeah. because you're just not used to it. You know, back to back to back to back. You know, you know, you with the like way the year, form a year out, was, hard. Isn't yeah, it? with the way the Brentford are going to play, is there an argument to play Joe Gomez uh, right back? There's an argument. I can, for I, it, but... I, I can, I can say this because Gav's not here. Yeah. Gav, Gav loses lose shit altogether. There is an argument for it, but this is a game where you're going to have a lot of the ball, which is why. If it was, if it was a side we had to be a bit more defensive against, like, do, do you know, if we go, if I was West Ham away, you said we're playing Joe Gomez right back. I thought well, that makes sense because you are going to be under a bit more pressure mm. at a West Ham away. So I think at home, you've got to play more attacking players, which I think is, okay. I think it's Trent Simicast. Yeah, I think it's Trent Simicast. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I don't think you there, was a, there was lads in the comments earlier on as well asking about the possibility of, uh, no, Steve, I haven't forgot how gas Joe Gomez is a right back. But one thing Brentford will do is they will play a lot of crossfield balls, diagonals, 
which we didn't deal with onto, in the, onto in the, the far post, which we struggled with. And if you're playing a Joe Gomez, and that he mops all of those up, you know. It, yeah, the big issue in the last but, one was that Matip and Van Dijk forgot how to head a ball. Yeah. That was the big issue in the away game, which you would never think that'd be their issue because they're both pretty good for stuff like that. Exactly. If it's Joe but, Gomez, that that's his biggest weakness is the ball over the ball just over his shoulder. Yeah, some of the comments in the chat were asking: Is it should we look to change shape for the um, rest of this month until we get our normal players back? Mainly, well, and I, and I agree with a lot of it because I think you've got to tailor your side to the forwards you have available. Mm-hmm. Well, and, if you did, if you looked at that, you could that team I picked, you could go four four two diamond quite easily. He could even probably do a flat four four two if he wanted to. Just have Jones, have Jones and Ox wide, and Jota and Bobby as a central two. That's, so that's how I see it. Or you could, or you could do a four three three. It actually gives you flexibility. This is, this is the argument I had put. What I said about starting Curtis over Tacky the other night because he gives you that flexibility in game. Mm-hmm. If you want to tactically change it to a four three three. Four four two diamond or a flat four four two. It I think gives it you a, those options. Yeah, I think the reason um, he didn't start was he he just done a full ninety against Shrewsbury, and that's his first ninety since the injury, wasn't it? So I do think that was maybe a little bit of sports science protection. Like, I mean, I saw Twitter meltdowns when Matip went off and Fabinho went off and Trent went off. Now, listen to me, Trent went off because he played shit. That yeah. was yeah. Matip and Fabinho for me were sports science subs where they basically. Yeah. Matip could do 70, and because Fabinho had played a full 90 against Shrewsbury, he's only just come back from a, a COVID, a COVID they've basically said, in this game, he can only he can only do 70. Um, so, you know, we could all be the smart ass and go, why did you leave Henson on because he was playing poorly, which he was, but they've obviously, I think it's a sports science thing going, if you play Fabinho another 90, yeah. you're risking him. He, he's getting what they call the red zone, he's getting close to an injury, whereas Henson <coughs> hasn't played for 11 days. Um, and I do think that's a, a factor, is rhythm of not training properly for a week. At, at, and li- we've always worried about this. Lip lows look crap after a, a break of more than seven days. They always yeah. look off it. And I think that's what it was. Look, credit to Arsenal. Look, they went, a back, they went two banks. They went really deep. You know, I think the, the, red card, refer- the red card dictated how they were going to play yeah. that game. Do you know, in a weird way, the best thing for us would have been if it had gone on a yard. Got a we, got a pe- and... we got a penalty and he only got a yellow card. Because yeah. actually it was against 11 men. We were dominating Arsenal and we were getting in behind them and it did feel like it was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah was there no space in behind? Because, I mean, a lot of saying, I actually don't think Salah and Mane were the misses in the in the away game. I think Thiago or Keita is the miss in that sort of a game where you need someone to, which what they're very good at, unlock a defence when it's really deep. And, you know... Yeah. When he plays, when he plays Thiago this season and the last ten games of last season, we haven't lost. So, uh, Mark A was in the chat earlier there, and he was asking about the possibility of playing a four-two-three-one with K Gordon starting on the wide right. Yeah, Sean. Sean, he mentioned K. I mean, look, maybe that's a wild card we need. Sometimes, <coughs> sometimes it's sort of you know dips in form. You need a youngster sometimes. You know, I mean, he's fearless. So yeah, you know he won't he won't be scared about playing. And maybe that's something. And something if you're, go- I think if you're going to do something like that, you do it at home. Yeah, and well, if, if if Klopp says he's going to start K Gordon, sound play Jones sentiment then instead of Ox, because to me Jones is going to start. 
So yeah. I don't think he's that. I mean, the other thought, I mean, Vaz Flower says Origi might be ready for the Emirates when he's, he's already out running, which it's an option, but the month's nearly over now. We needed we needed Origi fit two, three weeks. Now, look, you can't help being injured, that's the way it is, but it's yeah. the wrong time to get injured. And it, it's happened a couple of times with not just Divock, a few others. Shakiri was a, the worst for it. Like when he had a 10 game spell, we thought this is Shakiri's time to play. He was always out of a calf injury. Lo and behold, he's in Leon out with calf injuries, and now they don't want to pick, they don't play him anymore. Give us a score then, and the goal scorers. Uh, I will go 2 0 Jota and Jones. I went 2 0 as well. Uh, I would go for 3 0 then. Um, I, I definitely think we keep a clean sheet. I think we'll be we'll be well switched on for for this. We'll be a, a lot more alive to their threats. It's the other thing as well, when you're playing against a side that you've never played before and players that you've never played before, they can surprise you with certain things that they do, but I don't expect to get uh, those lads to get surprised again. Uh, we did dominate a large part of that game against Brentford and we should have ran out comfortable winners on the day. Eve, you know, we look back on that game with absolute horror, but we really snuffed a lot of chances. You know, I, I stick with, I go three nil. Um, Bobby Brace and Henderson score one. Cool. Do we talk about? Can we talk about the, the other Liverpool game on Sunday? Yeah, quickly. Yeah, shoot go that on. in. Long rest of the afternoon. We'll get the women's game yeah. as well, which get the kicks off and- at, the same, at the same time as the men's game, which is fucking brilliant. You know. Talk about talk about making it hard, you know. <laughs> you know At home as well. Sense. At home as well, yeah. Uh, I mean, originally, the men's games would be on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but because of the League Cup, they've moved it to a Sunday. But And they can't do 4 o'clock because it's Super Sunday, and they can't do early on because it's Super Sunday. But it's a bit like, it's a bit of frustration because I know people who are season tickets for both, and they've got to pick. So we've got Watford at home. Watford are second bottom. Uh, they were bottom before Coventry had their points docked. They're a disaster. So they're on, I think they're on, the Watford are on six points and Coventry on minus four. So, do well at the moment. Uh, we're five points clear, but uh, a couple of teams got game, game in hand and uh, some games in hand. So, you know, it's going well. Look, we should be beating Watford at home. It's easy said than done. Yeah. Um, ironically, we've dropped all of our points at home. I think at home now we have dropped three, four, five, seven points that we've dropped at home. Uh, one loss and two draws, won the rest. We haven't yeah. dropped a point away from home. Now, that's I think that's, cool. I think I think it's a couple of things is, uh, I think the first game, I think it was a little bit the occasion, fans back, we need to get a big win at home. We hadn't had many wins at home the year before. And I think it was a little bit of an occasion situation. And then the other games, it was a combination of Bristol, Neither side played very well. We we had to play twenty five minutes. We're down to ten, uh, and then Blackburn just defended for the lives. Um, we, for my opinion, had a goal not given, which looked miles over the line, but the officials couldn't see it. Yeah. No VAR in women's football, so uh, so it couldn't be given. So, and I do think when people come to Prenton Park, it is sit deep, hope for a play for the draw, hit them on the counter. Whereas away from home, they're a bit more open. It's and it suits us. So, but we saw when when it's still should be beating the side like well, you have to be really picking up side wins against yeah. the, side, the, the away game, funny game. We we went three nil up in the first half, and the game finished three two. We were basically gifted that we set the ball for two goals in the last ten minutes, which made must have been mid last five minutes quite um, quite quite perilous. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean I think team wise, 
I think he'll go with the same side that starts against Blackburn. Uh, so if he could be balls in goal, the back three, which have been fabulous all year, Robe, Fahi and Matthews, two wing-backs will be Wardlaw and Taylor Hines. Um, Kelly Holland will play because uh, we only play two in the middle, so it's a it's a 5-2-3 we, we play. Kerry Holland's the key. Uh, the Welsh International, without her, we're knacked because uh, she's just got the energy and she just knits it all together and technically she's a very good player. The debate's going to be who partners her because Missy Bow started last week and she got, I think it was three assists, four assists. She gets loads of assists. Uh, but Rachel Furness gives you a little bit more physicality and she gives you goals from the, and she gives you probably a bit more of a goal threat. So it's a bit of a horse, of course, with yeah. either or. I mean, the front three would be Mel Lawley, who's been outstanding, probably the best winger in the league. In the league. Uh, Jan Daniels, good hard-working winger. And then the Republic of had uh, Leanne Kiernan, who now holds the record for the fastest hat-trick in Liverpool women's football history. Uh, I think it was three goals in six minutes. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, just go on uh, the championship page. I think I saw on the LFC women's Twitter feed just for her first goal. Her first goal is ridiculous. Top, top corner, top corner from the corner of the box. It's a brilliant yeah. goal. There is a lot of talk about her as well over here that she is on the verge of becoming a, a proper star for the Republic. So, so yeah. Is- so uh, she was. I mean, Matt Beard had her at West Ham, um, and I think she just didn't get a run the West Ham team. You know, because of where they were, it was quite difficult. It's amazing what a goal and a run of games does for you because she just yeah. can't stop scoring. Uh, Hannah, yeah, Rizal, yeah, Rizal Babajidi, um, she ha- they, they mutually agreed to terminate her contract uh, this window. Uh, she spent the last six months on loan at Brighton. Brighton have agreed to terminate her loan. Uh, she's just now signed for Real Betis. So wow. good luck to her. She's, uh, you know, new adventure. A lot of talent. She had a lot, a lot of, ta- of talent. She was very quick. From what I, you know, from what very, I remember, very quick, seeing, good finish yeah. on it. Um, it went, it all went a bit funny. She didn't get a last January. I think she wanted to move to Brighton alone. I think it was blocked by the club, and we didn't see her. And we, no one really knows why we didn't see her. Uh, and then she went to Brighton alone for six months here. Uh, and yeah. then, but unfortunately, she didn't really get much of a. I don't think she got much game time at Brighton either. So look, new challenge, new country. Hopefully, that does well for her because yeah. she's a, she's a talent and she'll do well for. Um, she'll she'll do well for Braille Betters because. With that pace, she'll scare anyone. Yeah. And the legal suitor as well. Yeah. Also, to be fair to her, she's not. She's not just based, she's very technically gifted football yeah. as well. So, look, I hope she does well. You know, you know, she she was good for us the uh, yeah. two years we had her. So, but yeah. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say four nil. Four nil Liverpool. Oh, to your expertise, mate, because I wouldn't I'm have a Scooby. Let's go. Keenan will get. I'll go Keenan to Taylor Hines and. The new striker Katie Stangel to get a debut goal. That's hopefully my guess. And is so, that a Prenton Park? It is a Prenton Park, yeah. So you can't get to the men's game, and it's not on telly anywhere unless you've got no, it's not other, other ways of finding it. Just just book your ticket online. I think tickets are six quid. Or if so you're a season would... ticket holder, or if you're a season ticket holder or a fan card holder, they're free. You just so if you're if you're online. in the area and you want a cheap yeah, yeah. cheap Sunday afternoon out with the kids, there you go. Great, great way to introduce your kids to football, and it's not going to break the bank. You can sail as my ugly face if you want to as well. Always, always, <laughs> good, always good to chat to someone. So you know. yeah, uh, right. Let's get anyway, back to the, the day job. City Chelsea, uh, yeah, City Chelsea. Look, 
Well, I said that the league this week is defining. This is defining for Chelsea's season. They need. They have to get something. In the same way as when we go there, we're going to have to get something. And if the first game is anything to go by, City looked really good against Chelsea. It was almost a case of men against boys at times. It is. I it is. don't know how this is going to go now because yeah, City are in a run of form, but they've beaten sides who they should beat. And they've done it comfortably enough, fair enough. But Chelsea aren't playing bad. And no. I watched against Spurs and I and I thought they were a classic <coughs> Spurs. Scoreline definitely didn't reflect how dominant Chelsea were in that in that game. They beat Spurs in second game, didn't they? Which is yeah. you know you know, takes takes some doing. Um I think defend I think they were defensively they were, they were a bit of a mess in the first game against City. They seem to have got that organisation sort of that and Kanti coming back is a is a big one for them and Kovacic is you know in real good form for him. Um it'd be interesting which plays up front. Does he go with Werner and Lukaku or does he go back to just one of them? Um, I, have a feel, I yeah I have a feeling he goes with Havertz and sorry, Havertz and Lukaku. Yeah, I think Lukaku looks happy when they play over two though. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing a three in midfield. Yeah. Maybe Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic. Yeah, then you could do Alonso. It's just a Mason Mount would miss out. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But it's good players to have off the bench anyway. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've got it down as 2-0 to City, but it's a hell of a way to start the weekend off. I put it down as a 1-1. It would be nice. It would be very nice because anywhere... Where City slip up, we have to take advantage, obviously. But we'll see. This is one of those games that a draw wouldn't be the worst in the world. Even a Chelsea win wouldn't be the worst in the world. Yeah, mm. we'd have to we'd have to match it. But it, anything at the minute that drags City back to the pile is it would be welcome. But I just think they'll have too much. But it'll be a cracker to start the weekend off. Um, then you're on to. Newcastle Watford. Newcastle Watford. Um, now that is a six point again, this one. Jesus, yeah. I mean Newcastle have been busy. Uh, they have, Chris Wood and Kieran Trippier. Trippier's a good signing. Um experienced at England International, um, good delivery on him. Makes him a real threat now from set pieces because the set piece options now they've got Trippier, they've got John Joe Shelby as well. So they've got a few Options, Chris Wood. That'll suit him. I mean, look, goal scoring wise, I think he's only got three goals this year. Yeah, so he's three. not. He's not in the best of form. Uh, but he gets. Done I think he's what they need. He is with Callum because Callum Wilson's fitness can't be trusted. Callum Wilson's fin- finishing can never be questioned. His fitness though is is the problem. And it takes a pre- it might take a bit of pressure off Sick Maxman because you, you know, and that's where even though he's only scored three goals, you can't not mark Chris Wood because if he doesn't score. He could be perfect for flick for flick ons for yeah. Saint Max. So, it'd be uh, but Watford actually aren't in bad form, despite all the uh, players they've got oh, no. with Afcon. That they've done all right. Watford actually, they've lost their last six in the league. Oh, maybe not. They, they always looked all right. I've watched Afcon. They, they look all right. Yeah, I think they've done okay. I don't know. If, it, it just stuck out to me when I looked at mm. this, and I thought I looked at the res, running results. I think either in their last six or in their last six in the league, I think they've lost five or oh, six. Okay. It's funny, how percep- it's funny because it's a club out there I might, don't follow. Yeah, it's like perception. Okay. Yeah, perception and reality are never the yeah. same. Cause I think I always see clips of what they always think they look all right, but clearly they're not. not really. yeah. I've gone for it. I think I've got a draw for this one. I went for 2 1 Newcastle because um, 
Look, Newcastle have been in most of the games that they've played, that they've played they even the ones not, they've lost. They're not getting battered. They're very rarely no. getting battered. They're keeping it tight, which is a good thing because uh, I know it sounds horrible, like, but if you're going to get beat, don't get beat by a lot because goal difference is a, it could be a big factor. Could be a thing, yeah. it generally, you know, It generally is in the relegation battles, but I've just got a feeling for a 1-1. I don't know why I've just got a feeling for a 1-1. But yeah, I just I think there's with with the changes that they've made, it'd be interesting to see how they line up because I was thinking if he decides to play Wood through the middle and play Almiron on one side of him and say Maximin on the other side of him, that's mm, the point. Would be I, interesting. Cambridge have beaten as many Premier League sides as Newcastle. It's very true. I must admit, yeah. I don't, Burnley, but Burnley have only got one win all season and. I don't think Watford have Watford haven't got many more. So That's what I mean, it's for the, for some of the what's, players that they have what's available. Been helping, what's been helping Burnley is they've been, well, they've got the fight. They've got like fifteen games in hand as well. Yeah. But um, they get lots of draws. Burnley aren't getting beat very often. Whereas Newcastle, it's one win and a hell of a lot of defeats. They weren't really getting many draws either, which I think is what's killed them. You know, yeah, it's it. I mean, it'll be definitely. One to watch because it's massive in the, in the relegation battle. It really is. Um, the other one down in the bottom bottom reaches of the league, Norwich against Everton. Now, I think, look, I think Norwich are gone. Um, I think I, they are. I, I think Norwich and Watford. Personally, I think Norwich and Watford are gone. But Everton have players coming back. Um, Calvert Lewin should be available. Richarlison might be there. El Ghazi should be. Is El Ghazi registered? El Ghazi is available because well. I think he's signed in time. Gives him a pace option, sure, doesn't it? Yeah, gives and I'm a, sure he's played against. He played for Villa recently, so he should be fit, he should be fit. So, I mean, maybe for for them, if you play Cavalier through the middle and you play Gray and El Ghazi as your wide ones, you know that at least makes Everton more of a threat pace wise because then the focus can't all be on Damari Gray. Yeah, Rafa needs a result there, doesn't he? He does. He does. See, logically, we just think. Everton win because Nor- Norwich is just ridiculous. But Everton is such a poor confidence-wise. I just don't know what they're going to do. That's it. It's one of those games. I definitely wouldn't be putting it in my uh, my accumulators for the weekend. But as, al- as always, Laura Duffy has the facts. So Newcastle one win, eight draws, ten losses. Watford four wins, one draw, th- thirteen losses. Yeah. And Burnley one one win, eight draws, eight losses. It's mad, isn't it? I mean, yeah, Watford it's... were okay at the start of the season. But I honestly think Ranieri's in trouble as well. The Watford managers is the worst merry-go-round you'll ever see in football. Mm. Uh, I think the Watford would bin him off. Maybe at the end of the window, maybe before. But I think <laughs> Watford would bin him off. <coughs> yeah, shock horror. Watford sack a manager. Yeah, exactly. And water is what's wet. Go, what's going to be your first one? I got uh, 3-1 Everton. Uh, because I think if Calvert-Lewin comes back, he gives him that goal threat. They still have they have goals in the side. It's yeah, just a I, case of getting of translating that onto the pitch, and they've been short of players for a long time. So I've I, got two one. Two, two Everton, one Everton, 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 sorry. Two one Everton. <laughs> right. I mean, could you um, ever predict an orange win? Really? came over this one. Wolves, Wolves, Southampton. Two 0 Wolves. I've, I've got one one. Um, look, Wolves don't concede many. They don't score many. Mm. You know, they're safe as houses where they are. They're not going to get into Europe. They're not getting relegated. They're meandering along in another season. And you're going to have to look at 
in the summer, the players who are there, who are saleable players, the likes of your Ruben Nevis, Pedro Neto. Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love Nevis against... Liverpool just as a, just a little bit different. Yeah. Or oh, our other shout, which we're going to talk about a bit later, is um, if we get time, me and, me and Kev are going to do a bit of fun. Of, don't all fall over. Imagine we had two hundred million. Who would you buy? Who, who could we buy? And we're going to try and do a bit of a players available. Then, like you know, so we're not going to sign Mbappe and Haaland because look, we're trying to make it realistic. As in, if you had like that budget, but to be research. There's a quite a range of players available of good quality, and they're not all eighty million pound players, are they? No, Which is interesting. Probably. One of them being James Ward Prowse, who I must admit, so Anthony Wells signs a new contract because I think he could be a decent squad option for a high. I think Southampton signed him to that contract in order to protect his value. value. I think there's probably a release clause for top yeah. four clubs. Because if you said to, if you said to me we signed James Ward Prowse. That's kind of your Milner replacement, as in he could play anywhere in the midfield, and you know what, he probably could do a job at right back, and he's got really good delivery, which again gives just gives you a different, just gives you another option, you know. Yeah. And look, Glenn, you know, Glenn, Glenn, I'm sorry, mate, you need more than two hundred for those three, mate. Bellingham, Basuma, Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, if you, I think that's about two twenty, two thirty. Yeah, I think so, at least. Yeah. Yeah, but, minimum. But look, um, we'll get to that in a bit. Have a think on it, guys. Um, Villa Man United. Villa Man United. No, apparently Coutinho. Coutinho isn't fit enough to start. Oh, shock horror. <laughs> wow. He's, it's fair. Look, <laughs> common sense would have told you he wasn't going to be fit to start this one. He's. It depends on the type of training that they do, that they're doing in Spain. But Villa will want him to be in some kind of tactical shape as well as physical shape as to what they want him to do. So they'll ease him in. They're not going to throw him, throw him, throw him in straight away. But Laura says, is it a back issue again? Possibly. <laughs> I, I think the Roljex will be out for that one. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. Look, he's, he's still a very, very talented player, but let's be yeah. honest, Kevin, he's not been fit properly now for t- over two years. Yeah, he hasn't. Too many I think, this, I think too it's many a really to big gamble. Yeah. I mean, I actually think it's it's a worthwhile gamble for Villa because it's only a loan. Yeah, there's an is there an option to buy? It's, it's an option at thirty three million. Yeah, which again, it's if not it ridiculous. works, it, it works. It's not it's not a ridiculous fee either, to be honest, for what he is. So I don't think that's that. I don't think that's too bad um, well, a deal for Villa. If it this work, is the five, it yeah. This is the five thirty game, and for all of the huff and puff about from Gerard at Villa, they've won two in their last six in the league. Mm. And you know, yeah, they're playing well, but I thought that he would have. Fu- I thought he'd be fuming. They should have got. A, they should have got at least a point against Chelsea, and they should have beaten United at Old Trafford. Yeah, but and you think with Watkins and Ings, you should be. Yeah, the chances there. I don't think you, you should, should be. Play, well, I don't think you can play the two. Possibly not. You know, I think Possibly. it's one or one or other. And then Man United in that FA Cup game, you saw the best and worst of Man United, which is yeah. look, going forward. United will always be a threat. They've got goals in them. They've got, you know, players who can threaten. They've got pace, you know. But defensively, they're absolutely shambolic. Yeah. You know, well, n- that Fred and McTominay don't really protect the back four because they're too wide open. Uh, Tellez isn't good enough compared to Luke Shaw. Uh, and then the two centre-backs that played, Lindelof and Varane, 
uh, you know, said that like number two centre backs, the best with sort yeah. a dominant person next to them. Well, and Maguire I, the, is fit and available, so so like I said, they need a dominant centre back next to them. <laughs> uh, I still think when he's fit, their best defender is uh, Eric Bay. But again, he has the Joel Matips about him, which is yeah. he's never fit. But he's a very good, but he's a very, very good centre back. Uh, and look, De Gea, to be fair to him, De Gea's been probably their best player this year. Yes. You know. And that's not uncommon when he's had a really good season. They've tended to qualify for the Champions League and have a decent yeah, yeah. season on the back of him being exceptionally good. Yeah. I don't think you know. he's at the level he was three or four years ago when he just no. he was like superhuman. I mean, yeah. the level he was at was just outrageous. Well, it was up he's in still, the top two or three in the world. Yeah, uh, but he's still, he's still like, you know, top tier keeper. You know, it's, it still takes a lot to beat it. You know, so mm. for the United, thank God I mean, they have him because otherwise guys, they'd be in real the, trouble. Yeah, the guys in the chat say United are a mess and United look shambolic and this and that. Four wins, one draw, one loss in the league in the last six. They are, but again, this is like the it, City run. It's perception, it's the, isn't it? It's perception, but also it's um, they sacked Solskjaer at the perfect time. They yeah. got Chelsea well, and City out the way, and they give him a run of games. We go, there's confidence. You pat the likes of playing yeah. the Palaces and that. You know the size they should be, in, which yeah. gives you confidence, allows you to get away with kinks in your system. Um, so I think Villa's going to be more of a test for them. Uh, and I've got Villa been, down to win three one. I've got saying all Villa. of that and about all the form and everything like that. I think. Villa would have learned an awful lot from that game at Old Trafford. They were by far the better, better side. I'm not saying he's Klopp, but we saw when Klopp put a new system into Liverpool, it took months to get it right. Yeah. And when to press, when not to press, when to push up, when not to push up. And we're seeing that this season is we are trying to evolve a little bit how we play. We are trying to play more of a, a two and a bit more of an attacking third. Now, personnel is yeah. partly causing the problem, but that is then leaving us too much open for the switch. Yeah, but this is evolving as a, a formation as time goes and, on. And, and, and the thing is, when it works, it looks really well. Yeah, that system is great when the right personnel are available. But when which it's been not, it's, it's square pegs and round holes for us. Which is where you and me both agree. That's where the frustration is with perhaps yeah. some of the transfer dealings. Is we've got very good players. I think I think we've got very good midfield players. We haven't got reliable attendance records. And I think that that's always yeah. been a bit of an issue, and that's. Probably what we need to look for. So that's why people want Basuma. Partly because yeah. he's an excellent player. He is an excellent player, but he doesn't miss many games. Exactly. You know, is that, that, that's it. I that's mean, why the, the Tielemans link's been quite good because he doesn't miss as many games. The only thing with Tielemans I worry about is he's played a lot. He's 25, but he's played a lot of football at his age. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you wonder if that there's too many miles on the clock long term, especially the way Klopp wants you to play, which is why being a Basuma is a better option. Maybe um, I think Tielemans is probably better in the, in the attacking third. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his passing ranges are better. Basuma is just gets across the pitch, man. He he just gets across the pitch. He looks it looks effortless for him. He's very canty like in that respect. Very aggressive in that respect as well. I'm on fierce. Um, I'm on fierce pills now, Dave Lennon. That's me drink at the moment. I got a beer craft thing for Christmas, so I'm starting to work my way through them. So, very <laughs> nice. Some nice uh, weird beers. It's good. Cool. Quickly move, on to, quickly move on to Sunday. Um, West Ham Leeds. Well, yeah, West Ham Leeds. Two clubs that I don't really like. So 3-1 West Ham. Yeah. I just think uh, Leeds have got too many missing. Form's not well, great. Apparently, Stroke and Banford 
should be available. So, and they well, need them, but I still don't think it's enough. I think West not, Ham. No, not West Ham. No, uh, and look, they've got. To, hopefully for them, they've got Bamford back right this time because they brought him back last time. He scores an equaliser, slides to celebrate, and pulls it out, and his hamstring went again. Yeah, which is you know so that's risk of these muscle injuries. You've got to make sure they're about Spurs Arsenal. If it happens, if it, if it happens. I think it'll be an absolute bore fest. I think it'll I th- be. A, I think it'll be a horrible game to watch. I think Spurs beat them purely on the strength of who's available, but Sp- Conte is turning Spurs into an awful watch. They are. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, he's already moaning. Um, oh, this will get Spurs fans. Isn't he already moaning now about lack of transfer business? Yeah, I mean, did you not read the memo when you were signing for Daniel Levy? You know, it's it's like Daniel Levy will tell you everything you want to hear until you sign on the dotted line, and then when you sign on the dotted line, it's yeah about that. Yeah, yeah. you still signed a contract, so be quiet. Yeah, I've gone two two because I think I've read um, this is one of the most high scoring derbies. I actually enjoy watching the North London derby because it's always a mental game. It no can be. Form, yeah. That's what four books are. It's normally a ridiculous game where you got like both sides. Are, I think it, it feels like a game where the managers don't have much influence because they all like yeah. they all go fuck it, we're going for it, and we're just going to go toes to toes. Which yeah. actually makes it a good game. It makes it a really good watch for a neutral. If you're if you're an Arsenal fan or Spurs side, I mean Arsenal the Wenger it wasn't nice, but modern now it's probably horrible to watch because it's such a ding dong. You know, it's like a basketball yeah, game. A few stories coming out of Spurs as well. Apparently, and Dombele has been told to train on his own. Um, Doesn't surprise because, um, but I don't think it's a train on your own that you're being punished. It's a train on your own because you're not flaming fit. Mm. Which uh, at this stage of the season, that, that's shocking. That's you know? two managers said that. I mean, when Mourinho broke um, COVID protocol to take M. Dumbelli to the park to help him with yeah. his fitness. I mean, what the hell is going on with that guy? Sixty odd million quid they paid. They paid. Yeah, for yeah. So is, is that all the talent Eric, in the world, man? All the yeah. talent in the world. Eric Dyer, he's. Um, He's out with COVID, I believe. Crikey. So, I mean, Owen Burke's the, other about, side, uh, the other one as well, apparently, um, Neris, Neris moved to uh, Shakhtar Donetsk Shakhtar. from IX is confirmed. It's gone through 12 million, rising to 15. But he that frees up the way he for... He was brilliant, wasn't he, for that ACL? He yeah. Never, he's never, never quite got back, back to that level that. since that ACL. Just shame, because you know what? He was linked to a few Premier League clubs, and you looked and thought that looks a good, you know, the next the next thing you want to get. But yeah, he's never quite got back to his level. I mean, Shakhtar actually, Shakhtar, if he's going to get back to his level, is a good, option good move. It's a, a club that wins leagues. It's a regular Champions League side, so it gets you the exposure that you need. So if you if you show your form in the one season of Champions League, that'll probably get you your move. So well, and if it doesn't, side, it's, it's a good side to it's a good yeah. side to play for anyway. The other side of that is. Ajax could potentially make a Steve move Bergwijn. for Bergwijn or possibly Donny van der Beek. I think the Ajax will go try and bring him back with a low, uh, on loan with an option. Because mm-hmm. there, the Be- there was thought van der Beek's been offered on loan to Newcastle. That was another yeah, one. I, yeah, I'd be surprised. I think which does I make think me he'd laugh go back to Ajax. Which does make me laugh because that's true. You're like, well, why didn't you loan to Everton then in the beginning of the season? Because they blocked. They blocked his move they to Everton because yeah. they don't play him. 
So, no. uh, Owen Burke's asking about the NFL playoffs this weekend. I think you've done some research on that. Yeah, I did. I just did a quick, I just quickly did say it now. Um, the playoffs, we were going to, we're going to try and get Phil Casey on. Uh, yeah. Hopefully before the end of the NFL season to chat about it. But the uh, one, two, we'll get three. Gaff. We'll get Gaff to ask him nicely for Yeah, six games coming up over between tomorrow night and Tuesday night. They're all on Sky as far as I know. You've got the Raiders at the Bengals. You've got the Bills at the Patriots. Buccaneers at the Eagles. Cowboys at the 49ers. Uh, Chiefs at the St- Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got the LA Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. Three of those games I think will be really tight. The Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. I was talking to my dad. He lives in uh, Connecticut in the week. And he was telling me that with the wind chill that they're expecting tomorrow, in Connecticut is minus 25 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Don't do it. Right. They just cancel the game in England, wouldn't they? It's um, standing air temperature is a high tomorrow of minus two, dropping to a minus 14 without the wind chill. I tell you, if you're a fan going to that, fair, fair play to you. Yeah, if you're going, going to... You won't catch me anywhere near Foxborough. that. I don't know where they play now. I, I think it's the same area, but it's a new stadium. It used to be called mm. Foxborough. If you're going to Foxborough to watch that... And the thing is, it's a lo- in America, it's as it's a local-ish derby between Buffalo and New England. It's not Buffalo... Uh, sorry, it's not the Patriots against the New York side, but Buffalo is in upper state New York, so it's as close as you're going to get. The uh, other one, Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, two real traditional powerhouses of the NFL. Two illustrious sides, two massive, massive, massive sides. Um, that one be really close. Well, home field advantage, I think, will play a lot in these games. Uh, wouldn't like. To, I don't know how it'll go, to be honest. I haven't watched enough of it this season to see how it'll go, but I think that'll be close. And then the LA Rams and Arizona Cardinals again as close to oh it's in it's in Buffalo, Laura, is it? Okay, I thought it was in uh, in Massachusetts. I must have written them down. I wrote them all down the other way around then. But um even still, Laura, Buffalo is uh, as cold as serious. Um the Rams and Cardinals, now the Cardinals are in Arizona. It's as it's another one that two sides are pretty close together. So we'll see how those ones go. I mean, the Chiefs should beat the Steelers fairly handy. And I'd imagine the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should beat the Philly Eagles. But the Eagles, you never know. They get themselves, when it comes to the playoffs, they can be a different side. But those are the games. They're all live on Sky and... They'll be interested. It's down to the business end of the season now, so I think a lot more people will start tuning. And I mean, I know I will. I'll start watching a lot more NFL now for between now and the end of the season. It's just a re- the regular season. I can't get so much football and everything going on. Can't watch it all. You know, I'll get divorced. <laughs> I'd end up with a divorce, man. <laughs> Delwyn, WWE. Uh, is it Royal Rumble coming up? Is it this weekend? No, it's. I think it's. I think it's. End, I think it's end of the month. I think end of the month. I don't watch it anymore. Though uh, I used to. I stopped watching great, it about two years ago. And it's a great laugh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, I've watched it for so long, you know, mm. and I've seen all the storylines. I've seen all the heel turns. I've seen. I've seen. Yeah, it's hard to see. Some, after a while, there's only you can tell the same story so many times. So it's hard to see some yeah. sometimes. 
So, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully we're going to try and have Callum on next week, aren't we? To talk yeah, UFC, well, there's but... big UFC coming up. Callum is into uh, pretty much anything combat sport related. So we'll get... I'm sure we'll, we'll probably talk about Amir Khan and Kel Brook as well. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Is that a thing again? Oh, God. I think it's, well, it's, the fight is signed for February as far as I know. It might oh, be, okay. yeah, I think it is February. But it's one of those things that wish it happened five years ago. A lot of but, fights like that in boxing. Yeah. Um, I, I, will boxing man. I will be paying for it. If I can find a, a way of watching no. without paying for yeah, it, I, I think might, I'll, I'll be watching the same book. I'll be in the same boat. Uh, Barry was asking about the, the, the GA, the GA when, when we start covering again. Um, I mean, there oh, are, uh, all that's going on, at, yeah, all that's going on about in the minute in the GA is you've got things, it's almost like a pre, the pre-season Cups before the National League starts, and the National League would be your build-up stuff to um, the championship. Um, the, but all you've got at the minute is things like the McGrath Cup. And, I mean, I think this weekend, I think Cork are playing against UCC, the University of Cork. Yeah, you've got. I mean, last weekend, I'm pretty sure I saw it that um, Kerry beat Tipperary in hurling. Now, Kerry would be a powerhouse, traditional powerhouse in football. They've seen a picture of a Hurley once, about five years ago. They didn't like the look of it. So they, they, they left it alone kind of thing. But apparently Kerry beat Tipperary, which are a traditional power, big four hurling county. And they're playing Limerick, I think, coming up very soon. So, But that's all. This is all pre... It's almost like the pre-season stuff before before you get into the National League, and then it starts to get a bit spicy from there. So when, it's, when it gets into the National League, I think we'll start looking at it a bit more. The thing is, we also what we really need it is when it starts to come on Sky and come on UK TV. So the people mm-hmm. who are in the chat who aren't from Ireland, if they're in the UK, we can hopefully encourage them to watch games that are coming up on Sky. And they're usually on at a good time on a Saturday evening if there's no live football on. You know, during the summer, it's a great way to get into the sport, and it's uh, it, it's mental. But I can't, I'm looking forward to. It. I love this, I love it when it starts, but we're a good way away from that. The the other things that's going on: the Australian Open is starting on Monday. Odds are, by the looks of it now, it'll be minus Novak Djokovic. Uh, it started off at the beginning of the week where he had, he won his court case and it looked like everything was going to be okay. But from listening to Australians on phone-in shows who were living out there, they ain't happy. And the immigration minister has a discretion, has discretionary power about who he, you know, if he can, and he can flex it and use it whenever he wants. And today he decided to use that discretionary power to revoke his visa. There's going to be a court case over the weekend in whether it's a, an immigration court or a Supreme Court or something in Melbourne and ultimately be decided. But I think once the minister decides to use a discretionary power, which is at his in his discretion, that's pretty much it. It's done and dusted. And apparently Novak Djokovic is being investigated by the Spanish government for potentially entering the country on iffy paperwork, 
in December. So it's not really not looking good. It's not really looking. There's, there's, look, there's a lot more at play here than what's going on in the tennis tournament, and it's not. This has gone way beyond Novak Djokovic. Now, now you've, you're in a position where you've got a government in Australia, basically ignoring their own rules and their own courts, because it's what Djokovic has won is a really, really, really unpopular decision. Very unpopular with the public and. They're do, going to do it on a public health grounds. Look, it's up to them. It's their rules. It's their country. I'm not going to tell them, you know, if they're right or wrong or indifferent. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to be. I don't watch the Australian Open as a rule anyway. So the other thing that's going on down there at the minute is the last test match. Woohoo! Oh, it started so well. Yes, this is almost over. I've, it never I've, did. It never started well. What are you talking about? No, well, the test, the test the today. first test today did, yeah. 12 That's for what three. It's 12 for 3, 84 for 4. You thought, fucking hell, did I actually do something? Yeah, 236 for 6. Two lads got uh, 100. Two, uh, 241 for 6. Yeah, it's just England, um, all, England all over that at the, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to the bowlers, even get Australia 241 for 6, it's not actually a bad first day. You just know that batting line is so fragile that... yeah. And I don't know what the pitch is like. I know what where they're playing. This match was due to be played in Perth, which would have been mm. a fast, bouncy, like the fastest pitch which, in the world. Which wouldn't have suited England at all. No. But it would have suited... Actually, do you know what? It would have suited Broad because of his height. I and it the would have suited Mark Wood. I meant the batsman. Yeah, the batsman. It, 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 it just... Um, yeah, so... The problem with England is... Um, they're, they're in a, a state of flux because they've just had all their great players retire. Yeah. And they're now, they're only, they've now got a, a couple of very good, potentially world class players in Root and Stokes. And then the rest just aren't quite as well. You know, Bearstone and, um, uh, I can't keep what's his name. Josh Butler. On, you know, have the ability and can be very good. But Josh Butler's form for 18 months in Test cricket has been poor. And the, I think, look, I just don't think he's a test player. Yeah. I think he plays but, this cricket because he, he has to almost. Play. I, th- I I think if we had, I think England had a better top three. I think it would work for Butler then because he's he's coming in then at number six or seven. Because, yeah. and he's literally there to destroy. You know, he's not Gilchrist, but that's what Gilchrist was there for, which is, yeah. you know, open the battle for one day sides, but for test sides, he just came at number seven, and basically his job was get a fifty or get a sixty quick. Yeah. To give us a, to give us the lead, you know that's what uh, Matt Pryor was fabulous at. That's what he yeah, was yeah, there yeah. for. Um, the problem with Josh Butler is a he's woefully out of form, and to me should have been dropped a year ago. Because some some players it'll do them good, just missing out for a couple of weeks, you know. Because remember cricketers, they probably get like a month off a year if that, you know, it, or travelling. There is a mental tiredness, and I think actually would have done him some good. Yeah, it can be also, easy for them because they're living in a bubble. They're, yeah. It's not like your traditional tour that's going to Australia where you can enjoy the life of Australia while you're there. You're there for three months. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're there in November, December, January. It's a but long it, tour. But also, if, if two months, it's not even the COVID thing because uh, you speak to the lads, even though I do won it in 2010, 2011, they said, like, it's not nice, be, it's not nice being in Australia as an England cricketer because they all hate you. Yeah. And they'll tell you to your face that they hate you. But so at least like, you can get out and you can do stuff. You know, yeah, so these look, these guys are literally tied to a hotel. Yeah, the thing with England, England never quite got the balance right. Where like 2010, 2011, 
fabulous test side, number one in the test world. One day cricket wasn't great. Yeah. They've now actually got very good at one day cricket, though. They've won the World Cup, they won the T12 World Cup a few years back. So they look like a very scary one day side. People don't want to face them one day cricket. But then it's cost the test team because the test team yeah. aren't quite, they never quite get the balance right where they can get both forms. Um, and maybe it's going to be a wider discussion that we're definitely going to have when this because the, the next tour that they go on, they go straight from here. What's happening? I think next week, the under 19 ICC World Cup starts in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. The women starts in Australia soon as well. Yeah, the women's test series starts in Australia. Apparently, there that could be in doubt because of COVID issues. Don't know what's going on there. But then England goes straight on to the West Indies to mm. play over there. And by the time they finish up, I think it's towards April time, by the time they return to England, uh, just in time for the county season to start. Do yeah. You know what, I mean? what England have got to do, they've got to try and find themselves a top three that they can work with and settle on. They haven't settled on a top three because I think Zach Crawley is the only one who's really shown he could do so. Burns, occasionally, uh, the young lad, uh, Hamid, I mean, he's very young, hasn't really worked for him, and there was another lad they had top of the order. It just looked very awkward and it didn't work for him. So they've got to decide on the top three. Uh, they can't keep them Joe Root come in when they're like three down for 40 because yeah. it's not helping. Uh, they've got to manage Ben Stokes because he, he's just getting injuries now. You've got to manage him a little bit. They need to find a spinner. It's an indictment on England that Joe Root's your spinner. There's nothing, no, no yeah. don't get me wrong. Joe Root's a decent spinner, but he, he, he shouldn't be your opening spinner. He sh- you know, no. And it's and I feel sorry for uh, we did have a leg spinner. He, he did well. In, he did all right in Sri Lanka. Is it best? Best. Best. Tom best. Tom best, best. Yeah. He's okay. He's not fab. He's not. You know. He's probably no, but, more. He's probably close to an Ashley Giles than he is to a, a Graham Swan in terms of. Polarizing. He doesn't turn his feet. He turns yeah. it and off. Yeah. So I think. Look, I'll just say this. Um, I watched the when the, the night that England lost the Ashes. And they did a thing on BT Sport. They had Harmison and Cook and I think one other in the studio. And they literally just said it as it was. You know, what's wrong with county cricket? And the problem yeah. is you're not ha- you haven't got a county system that's producing test match level players. No. You haven't you've got eighteen counties playing in probably twenty five grounds across the country. In oddball weather, to say the least, you don't have good enough pitches and you don't have a good enough quality of bowler to produce the type of batsmen that are needed to play away in test series in India, Pakistan, in Australia, New Zealand. Because yeah, you're not in, if you're playing the volume of county cricket, T20, one day cricket, hundreds whatever other formats they've got going on, you're not going to develop 90-mile-an-hour bowlers. And, are, and when you I do, you look in the, in the comments there, bonkers, Joffrey Archer is what you get. Joffrey Archer is a fantastic talent who's been ruined by volume of cricket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Ollie Robertson's the same. Um, it's, a fit, it's been fitness things with him. Mark Wood, you yeah. know, they, have to manage, they have to manage his fitness. England are generally quite good at finding fast bowlers. They normally have, they normally have seven because 
they have to manage their injuries. But you know, you're still relying on James Anderson and Stuart Broad because yeah. yeah. they're both world class bowlers. But, but I know, remember when Jimmy not, Anderson came into came into Test cricket, right? With it, with his red streak in his hair. Yeah, but he was he was bowling at ninety three, ninety four mile an hour. Yeah, yeah. swinging it and swinging it. Now, even in when he's at his absolute best, he was 82, 83 mile an hour, but pinpoint accurate. You know, That's what so he, he figured out his craft, but he got slower doing it. You know, yeah. England haven't had a proper, proper fast bowler since Simon Jones, Steve Harmison, uh, Mark Wood, yeah, but not not he, enough. You can't do it consistent. Yeah, but the, when they won it in 2010, 2011, they got horses for courses, bowlers, didn't they? They had Steve Finn, yeah. who was, who was Six fast, foot eight. fast but expensive. Yeah, top wicket, top wicket taker in the in the test series, and they dropped him, and they brought in uh, Tim Bresnan. wasn't as quick, but had a bit more craft about him. And oh, who's the other tall lad they brought in? Because Broad did his did his uh, side, and he missed most of the tour. Uh, Tremlett, they brought Tremlett in. Chris Tremlett, who, yeah. Now Chris Tremlett was not seen as England standard. He wasn't quick. He, he, wasn't quick. he, he didn't quite work, but. What he could do in Australia was he could get the height and he could basically yeah. make batsmen panic. And English don't have enough yeah. people that are going to scare yeah. you. That's the problem. You know, the tour in the West Indies for a lot of these players make a break, especially for the coach. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. I mean, F one is coming soon. Another month sports. or so, and <sighs> testing starts for the new car. Can't wait, but we'll uh, leave that I'll, alone for now. I'll get me. I'll get me. Uh, I'll get me a pillow when you start talking. About <laughs> can't wait, Robert. <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, I mean, there is bucket loads of sport going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll quickly go back to the Premier League a sec because good games choose the good games on Tuesday and Wednesday, isn't it? That's it, yeah. It's like, where did I put them? Right. Uh, Burnley, Watford, another six points. I mean, Watford potentially, well, yeah, you got the next two games could see Watford safe, they could Not do, safe, but you know, could... g- give them a cushion, they could really be in trouble. Um, yeah, you're Bernie Watford, you're Brighton Chelsea. I don't know which of these games are televised, by the way. I assume yeah, it's yeah. one of these. Yeah, the F1, Red, but it, I mean, Red F1 is testing Chris already. More than you will know, Steve. More than you will ever know. Oh. Leicester yeah, Spurs is a big one. I think Brighton Chelsea was probably the televised game. Well, actually, I think it'll be a good game. I fancy Chelsea 1 0 because Watford, uh, sorry, Brighton just don't score enough. Of course, Brighton tonight, man. Did any of you guys in the chat watch Brighton game tonight? I didn't see uh, it. I, was, I saw the score. I saw the penalty save. It was a great game. I must admit. It was a great game. That's when you know you look at it. You keep a save to the penalty and can see it straight from the corner. You're like, oh. I've, do you know what? <laughs> Jack Butland played really, really well. He, he the has penalty. the ability to be a good keeper. He doesn't. He, he has these. He has too many big lapses in concentration, which is what always cost him. So it cost him at Stoke, which is why they went down, which is probably why not many Premier League clubs have touched him. Ability-wise, he has it. It's the concentration is a big factor with keepers. So yeah, there was two major VAR decisions as well. I just want to ask in the chat: Do you think they got it right? Do you think they got the decision the VAR because Chris didn't watch it? Um, Do you guys think they got the VAR decisions right? Because there was one for a penalty where I would like seeing them given. You know, the one where it was a corner. And the defender was all over the, the the attacking player, and he pulled him down. It was almost like a headlock, and 
he went over and checked it and gave it, gave the pen. The other one was a shot. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a shot in the, in, on the keeper. The keeper got two hands on the ball, but as he was completing his dive, or as he literally within a fraction of a second, the Brighton striker came in with his foot not high. He put his foot out of the way and caught his thigh on the ball, and the ball went in. But because he had two hands on the ball, they disallowed the goal. Hmm. I think, I think you got two hands, they class that as control, don't they? Yeah. Well, as we, saw the, Schmeich- was- as we saw the Schmeichel one uh, against Villa, if you've got yeah. one hand on the ball, now it's controlled. I, see, I, I, think they were bo- I think they were both right. I, I think it was VAR working how VAR showed. The ref went over and checked it. They were both right. But I want to see consistency with that one, the first one, the penalty, where you've got defenders, they're not defending. They're literally just mauling the attacking players and rugby tackling them and pulling them around all over the place. I want to see. I want to see consistency on that. I want to see penalties given for that. And if we, if we suffer for it, then so be it. It just means you're not defending properly, you know. But I want to see more goals in football and more goals from set pieces. And a lot of the reason why we're not getting it is defenders are just mauling attacking players or blocking them off or whatever way you want to put it. And we saw it in the in the World Cup in Russia when they put a clamp down on grabbing and holding, it stopped. By about the second or third game, it stopped, and you saw a lot more goals from set pieces. Because if you win a corner, it's supposed to be to your advantage. Now with us, especially, it feels like you win a corner is like for fuck's sake. That's what we never score from this. That's because keep hitting the first man. Um, but the other thing is, and they'll never admit this, it's how it's portrayed in the media as well. If that's given, they always go, oh, come on, you give that, you're going to give 15 of them every game. You know, yeah. even though it's the rule of the game, they get lambasted for it. Or yeah. if a player is headlocked and goes down, oh, he's gone down too easy, just got to be stronger there. Yeah. So Barry's yeah, right, by the way, Skirtle yeah. would have given away a pen every game. He would have, oh. Barry, but I tell you what, he'd have been sold a lot quicker because he'd have he defence set pieces for Toffee. But he'd also stop it a lot quicker because you if, if you're giving a set piece away, if you're giving a pen away every time, they soon stop it. David Lynn's asking a question for me. What sport do you prefer, F1 or golf? F1. Just C. Golf C. doesn't do it for me. That, that shows how low I see it. That's how low I find it. So. <laughs> Have you been uh, watching much of the AFCON, mate? Uh, I've been watching bits of the highlights because uh, when the games are on, I'm in work. Um, the thing that annoys me with it is the highlights are three-minute highlight packages on Sky Sports, on Sky Sports' YouTube channel. I was expecting it. This is not, you know, it's a big tournament. This, you know, when we had the Copper America, there was a highlights package. You know, it's the Euro. Yeah. There's like a half hour highlight show, which just shows you key incidents. And, you know, as a bit of a chat about you, t- you're telling me with all the rights they've got to the BBC and Sky, they can't do a half hour package, which was because people, are, a lot of people are going to miss the games because they're drawing where people are they're work. working day. Yeah. So having a highlights package, say at nine, 11 o'clock, well, even 11 o'clock at night. You'll watch it. I mean, there's not too, a few of them, not too many goals, so you probably can show it all the threats. You probably can, but you can still talk about the players. You know, you can talk about yeah. who's the ones to look out for, who's disappointed. I mean, apart from Cameroon, I think Cameroon's the only side to score more than two in a game. Yeah. Abubakar is top scorer so far with four. And yeah. at the start of the tournament, he was 11 to two to be top scorer for the tournament. Most of it, though, not, apart from Cameroon, who obviously won two from two, 
Is anyone really st- Senegal or look? I mean, they str- they struggle tonight. So they've got they're up they're second in their group now. On goal difference, aren't they? Yeah. Egypt were Egypt were disappointed against Nigeria. Nigeria played well, but Egypt. I thought Nigeria were a better side. I, th- I fancy pay- Nigeria to beat them anyway. I think on paper you would expect Egypt to win but on the day. No, Nigeria no, the better side. I, I think you. T- I think Egypt are a pure one man side. Salah is far and away heads at head and shoulders above everything else to go. When you've got the likes, there's there's a centre-back to place for him, and he's our main centre-back. He was at West Brom. Is it Helgazi? Yeah, yeah. Not Helgazi, but I can't remember his name now. But he's a, he's playing now in the Saudi League. Mm. And they're bog standard. Keith's shout at the start of the tournament is looking good, you know. Morocco. Who's Keith? Yeah. Keith, yeah. Keith went for Morocco because they're very, very... Defensively sound, and I was born. I went to Senegal. <laughs> I thought I fancied Senegal, but you know what? I've watched them. They ain't great. No, they haven't been. No, you know. So. But, but in fairness, think, throughout the tournament, there's no one is setting the world alight there. You know. I always think of these tournaments, though. Uh, any sort of international, the knockouts is when the fun happens. Uh, but I mean, I think Egypt obviously have lost their first game. I think people get excited that oh, we might see. Some of our lads yeah. come on early. They won't be because as long as they finish third, they're in the knockouts. Well, and Egypt, Guinea, and um, so what? None of them are finishing fourth in their groups. So, no, you, you're uh, not seeing that. You're not seeing the lads still be in the Feb. Which, you know, that's it. They might be back he, for Cardiff. The they, yeah, I think even by the time they come back, look, I don't expect them to come back and start straight away. I think I expect them to be fed back in. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, no matter I mean, what situation that we're in, these they're playing a lot of games, yeah, and a lot of high pressure games. But so. nice also away. I mean, look, Cardiff have a good away record uh, in, the, in the championship. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They're shocking at home, but they're good away. Uh, but I would still expect a Liverpool, even without Salah, Mane, and Cater, Liverpool should be able to put a side up that should be beating Cardiff. And if yeah. you're not, that's then that's a question. Just, of the, yeah. That's a question of the manager. That's a question of the players' attitudes. Uh, you, you don't need to talk about transfers and all that. They are physically better. They are better. It's all about mindset. Ahmed Helgazi. Helgazi. That, that's, that's who he is. Yeah. If your mindset's right, you should be beating yeah. Cardiff. I'm not it's saying not it's, all I'm, three that go through in the groups, by the way. It's the... Um, is it the best third place? Is it something like it's that? It's the two best third place oh, I thought it was side three. and the rest of the groups is the top two. Yeah, I mean, sort of one of the best parts has been the ref blown yeah. off five minutes early. I mean, that was just... Have you ever seen anything it. like it? Yeah. I think even in schools football, I think you'd struggle to see anything like that because it wasn't just that one. It wasn't the one where he blew it up the first time. It was the fact that he sent someone off. So I had a VAR check in that time, sent someone off, and they blew it up a second time before 90 minutes. And then one of the teams came back out and the other team went, oh, we're not going back out. This is nonsense. We'll just... Yeah, they were in got, the ice baths or yeah, something. Yeah, you've got the win. Yeah. Uh, Stu Max saying that I hear the Arsenal fans are calling, trying to call the North London North. We did. We, we covered that. Yeah, we, we talked about that. On start. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything has happened since we've been on air. Um, I'm, not see, I'm not seeing anything. No, someone's tweeted or remarked. It, Apparently, so. Naby played well today. Probably um, did, yeah. Probably yeah. Played I, I, look, Naby's a good player. It's it's just he's not, he's not consistent enough. That's the problem. He's getting him on the pitch, and it's just, it's the one thing this season, I suppose, that can't be leveled at him. He more often than not, he has been available. He's just not been picked. 
Yeah, same I mean, with Ox. Ox has been available pretty much all season. He just he hasn't missed, been picked. He missed one game for he kicking the floor, him, yeah. and then he, he's picked up a couple of hamstrings. But again, this goes back to the manager chat. Then is yeah, he's got these lads, but he doesn't play them. So does he not trust them? And if he doesn't trust them, then what? Then why are they there? Why are you there? You know, and look, I'm not getting into owners and all that, but this is where you've got to label questions at Klopp and Edwards going. You've got the lads, you're not using them. If you're not using them, sell them, move them on. Why are you keeping yeah. them? You know, that is where I see some people have the loyalty argument with Klopp and you're going, maybe there is a loyalty argument, but I mean, Sean, he points it out at two o'clock. Well, if if he's loyal to them, play them. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's had opportunities to play them and he hasn't. Now, look, there have been chances where he started Chamberlain, you know, in the League Cup against Norwich and he stuck, he stuck the gaff out in a bad game. That can, <laughs> I love that, Stubak's comment. That, that, that's the problem, though. <laughs> That's Jumex comment. It's the best comment this night. Let's put it up. Go on, you read out. I, I had under two and a half goals for the Mali Tunisia games, a red card, two subs, a VAR check, and blows it up 10 seconds before full time. Legend in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolute quality. Oh, see, John's asking who we're buying for two and a half. Well, to be honest, it's half past 11. So, well, let's just do it quickly. We'll just do it quickly, right? So we get to the summer. We don't do anything now in this window, okay? We get to the summer. We know James <laughs> Milner is going. <laughs> Who knew? I know. We, <laughs> we, we know James Milner is going in the summer. We know Nico Williams is going in the summer because he's, Adri- Adrian's he's made gone. noises. Adrian is going. All right? Now, Phillips is, and Phillips will be gone. Phillips will probably be gone as well. But I don't think any of those four are four players that you look at and think, okay, I don't need superstars to replace these players. You yeah. know, so the only, the only thing I would say is uh, Nico and Phillips are two your homegrown quota. So you've yeah. got to replace them for Curtis the homegrown. Comes so, back. And, Mil- and Milner. Now, Curtis yeah. is classed as homegrown this year because he, he's of an age now yeah. where he's, he's not classed as under 23. So that's one, but you've still got two to replace in Milner and, say, Phillips. Uh, now, I mean, to relate, this is how much prep me and Kev did. Kev does loads. I don't do very much. So I sent Kev a bit of stuff and I basically sent to him, I, I, I picked a random keeper and, I, and I, I think I picked McCarthy from Savannah because he's on a free. I went, he'll do for third choice because they never play. Or the other option is Sam Johnston from West Brom who you can make second choice and give Keller a, a loan, but you don't lose the home grow quota. I think I basically then said to you, any bum you want for right back? And I said, and if you want to replace Phillips, that Scottish lad that we've been linked with, because basically my answer was, I don't know, I, they're all boring. I don't want yeah. to talk about the exciting positions, which I think is actually what Klopp and Edwards do. I think just look and go, oh, I'm not asked about that. Yeah, let's go. Back to last January, <laughs> oh, he'll do, he'll do. That's fine. Let's just I'm get on. Do. Who cares about centre backs? You know, all funds where we can't. So, yeah. So go on. Who do you Because you, you obviously did a lot more research for those positions. Than well, I, I didn't. Did. I didn't. I mean, I was looking back and I was thinking, what do we want them to do? Right now, if you want, if Klopp is going to evolve this four three three, all right, and yeah, Laura's asking about Pataluga's third choice. I think, I think what we were trying to do was sneak in a a homegrown quota player. Because like last summer, um, I'd have, last summer I'd have got Ben Foster on the cheap. Yeah, just I because he's, as well. I would. This is why. Adrian. This is why. This is why City buy. Um, I've, I've had Scott Carson for five years. Yeah, because he never plays, and that's why um, oh, Green went to Chelsea. Never going to play, but that's your home. Cro- it's just a homegrown quota person that's just yeah. boxed. And you go, yeah, they're in my, they're in my twenty-five. Never going to use them. 
leave them there. Write that off. Now, you're going into the midfield, okay? If you want to evolve the midfield and you're saying, okay, I want Henderson to become the squad option, so I want an upgrade on that side. Yeah. I don't think he will be no. next year. I think he, I think he will become that. Yeah, but I, I think, think you've got Harvey Elliott there to come back into the side, so we'll see how he finishes the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. He could take off in the second half of the season, and we're having a different conversation. Be like a new signing, a few around a few around a few players. <laughs> Fabinho's going nowhere. I don't think the spine of the side changes much. I, I wouldn't think, be selling anyone in midfield. I wouldn't be selling Ox. I, I wouldn't be I, selling. I them. think one of Ox or Kater no, might go. They Just might to, for, to freshen it up. If it's me, I think they might sell Kater. Two reasons: one, there's more value in him to sell it. I think you still get buyers for him. And the big thing, of Ox, is it's the homegrown. It's the homegrown quota. Because we've got ourselves in a bit of a pickle at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the frustration is in probably two, three years, ta- in probably two years' time, with the likes of Cade Gordon, Elliot coming through, and Tyler Morton still being around. Your hunger is going to be sorted. Then you don't have to worry about it. We just you can't. All, get- all clubs go for this flux a little bit where they have it, it's tight for a couple of years and it goes back to normal. Yeah, you know. So we'll see. But what- I would look at. I like Basuma. Look, I, I'm the same as everyone. I like Basuma a lot. I like Basuma. As, assuming that his off-field issues are tucked away and sorted and yeah. never to be seen again, I would say you're going to be all over him for fifty million. No problem. Yeah, if you're going to buy two, say we're going to buy two centimeters. Yeah, I would buy. I would bring in two, but I wouldn't sell any of the ones that we have apart from Milner's going. So mm. I think that you would have. See, I think we're one midfielder short as it is, which would have been the one I would have got in. To replace Shakiri, I would have got a centre mid in this this win this last summer, so I'd be bringing in that one plus a Basuma. So I'd be bringing in two centre mids in this window and the other one. And you you all can crucify me later. Would be a Renata Sanchez type. Oh player. no, I would like Renata oh. Sanchez a lot. I would be going for him or Barella. Oh, Kev, what are you doing to me? I would be going for him or Barella. I like Barella because, we've but just, it's a gamble taken in Italian. <laughs> we've just we've just spent we've just spent an hour talking about how unreliable our I know. midfield is but fitness, and you pick the I guy who's, still, who's more injured than Nabby. I would still take him because he's got twelve months. He's worth the gamble. He's worth the pun. I'd rather go for Shumani. Go for a youngster. I I would, but that, I, if you were going to get Shumani in, I wouldn't get Basuma. Well, see, the reason I say I'm both is the reason I say both is because Shoemani for me knows he's not going to play much. He's going to be blooded in for a couple of days, taken out for a couple of days because he's, he's basically Fab's cover for cup games. Yeah, that's what he's there for. And then in two, three years' time, he, the idea is he is a the Fab Fab two when Fab yeah. moves on with age. Uh, whereas Basumi, we start him now. It doesn't really matter where you're playing. You play him in the Fab six. You could play him or in the box of boxes. I think would suit him better because he's so. Dynamic. I think I just don't want. But I, I, no, I don't. I'm so, I don't I'm so scarred that. by injury players. I know, so but I don't think he's that type of player who is incisive with his passing. And I think Renato Sanchez and Barella are. I think those, yeah. type, those type of players are would be more like your attacking mid. I think mm. Basuma is your holding, your defensive cover. Chumani is the same. He's very much uh, seated. I like Zacharia. I think some of the guys are chatting about him in the in the chat. He's one I wouldn't mind seeing done now, but I don't think you do him in the summer. Yeah. You know, so, I, think it, I just think that we need something different and something reliable. And it's the one thing with Barella and not so much Renato Sanchez, I'll grant you, 
But yeah, the other option you could look at is uh, Gavi at Barcelona. And yeah, Gavi, we we believe so. Oh, the other one, and only because the Liverpool thing, and they never seem to go away. Is a Neuhaus. Neuhaus, yeah, he's not having the best of seasons. He's done okay. I think he's got about five. Five goals this season. I think he's a, he's a glad back still. Um, Again, is, is this a player whose head's turned? I don't know because you, you can't see with Liverpool. It's it's very rare Liverpool if they're heavily linked on. They were he- and to some of the few the actual local past journalists talked about. They don't tend to go away, so there must yeah. be he must have something that Klopp wants in him. The thing so, is, he's only played. I think I think he started ten. He's played eighteen. I think he started ten. Mm. You know, and yeah, it's a good goal return afterwards. He's very good. He's his passing range is phenomenal, and his composure on the ball is very, very good. But I think if you, you know, if you wanted to look at a long-term player, Gavi would be very interesting. But I think our name is being linked with him for him to sign a new contract. Steve yeah. would love to announce Fakir mate, but he extended his contract with Betis. So sorry, he extended his contract with Betis today. Other than that, that would be a great idea. Here's the fun bit then. Who are you who are you buying up front? So many I think when you and me had a lot, we'd worked out there were one, two, three, four, five, six, about ten options we went. Yeah. That ranged from a freebie to mid thirties to sixty million, depending on what you're looking at. And none of them are Mbappe or um I think there's Harvard. so much smoke around uh Luis Diaz. Yeah, it does yeah. feel like that feels it, like it feels like that one could that one could actually do you know, I think that's one I think that we could we could end up visiting for sure. Yeah, which is an exciting idea. Fabian Ruiz is an interesting shout for midfield. Um yeah. he's a decent player, but I think he's not that type that we'd be looking at. Christopher and Cuckoo would be a very good option, a left field option. Najib is is right. He's having an absolute baller of a season for for Leipzig. Leipzig, he'd be the type of player that if you were going for him in the summer last year, he would have cost you between eighteen and twenty two million. Nice. Next summer, if he moves, you're talking fifty five, sixty. Yeah, you know, he's having that kind of a season that um, he just can't be ignored. He's he's one of the best players in Germany. You know, he, he's an absolute top, top tier player. But at the same time, this is really his first proper breakout season. You know, he was he was a good player. Pardon me. He was a good player, but this season he's really elevated. He's really kicked on. He gets goals from midfield. He gets great. He gets assists. He can play in the front three. He can play in midfield. Bowen is another one I like. He would be an ideal signing, but I... See, I think I was said it, as, and I know Keith said it as well. He can play as number eight. I think Klopp mm. would turn him into an eight. I can definitely see him evolving as the career as his career goes on. I think he drops further back into mm. that eight role. Uh, he would be a serious attacking threat. Okay, so who are you getting with Luis Diaz then? Um, if you're losing Divock Origi, I would be looking for. A target man, or not a target man, but if a physical presence of a number nine. So Vlahovic. I want. I want to be in the conversation for him. Me too. Me too. You know, 
I don't think we can do all of this business. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. This we is, can this, do everything. We're talking fantasy football. We've got 200 million yeah. for a laugh. Let's just, who would you go for? Because <laughs> the Haaland and Bappe stuff, they're, they're done. They're going Real Madrid. Um, yeah. People get annoyed saying, why are we not in the conversation? We don't know if we were. We weren't. I think a lot of these clubs will be in the conversation for all, for all of them. There's, there's too much smoke around them going to Real Madrid that it, it, it feels like they're done deals. Uh, and the reason Madrid can afford them is they haven't spent a lot in the last few years and they are losing massive earners this summer. You have your bales of the world and all that. You know, 800 grand a week going out the door for, for bail. So yeah. that frees a lot of money up to give a nice signing on fee to a Haaland and uh, an Mbappe and pay them decent wages still. Yeah. And does yeah. and balances your books fairly well. So yeah. that's that's why I don't think they're going. Whereas Blavich to me, it's not Haaland, but it feels like a Haaland mark two in that sort of ilk of it, just a goal scorer, you know, he's got a lot about him. You know, I think technically he's a very good player. Owen Burke mentions uh, Frankie de Jong at Barcelona. Apparently, there's a there is a, a bit of a link tonight, but it's not to us. It's a link with, um, I think it's Juventus, uh, Memphis Depay. Apparently, Barcelona are making available that he can he can leave. He's got four wages. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Barcelona are trying to rejig a lot of stuff. Frankie de Jong is on €463,000 a week. As good a player as I think Frankie de Jong is, then there, there is just no club on this planet. Every club at the minute is absolutely terrified of huge wages Yeah, yeah. on a player because of what happened with Barcelona, because you can lose the run yourself very quickly. Owen Burke said, is the 200 million coming from the sale of Salah? No, we're getting 54. <laughs> no. Uh, no, this is just an imaginary. It's just a what if. Yeah, FSU just, just, just won the lottery. This is a scratch card yeah. and they won it. So this is what's in their scratch card fund. Um, I would go for Vlahovic. Luka Jovic in the chat. Um, I don't yeah, know. Not for me. Not, he lost his way at Real Madrid. Jonathan so. David would be an interesting show. Jonathan David. Yeah would be, for me, a very good... Oh, another thing as well. Uh, there was news tonight from Germany about um, Bayern Munich left-back. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Alfonso Davis. Alfonso Davis, yeah. He's um, have, having to sit out a bit of football at the minute because of a suspected uh, heart issue. Heart issue, yeah. Yeah, is, uh, and also... in the Af- Yeah, at the AFCON, Yang with a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, um, it's becoming more of a thing now, isn't it? We got, yeah, I'm not going to go into... I wouldn't go into the speculations and what is. There's no point. No, 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 no. The, but that is just... Um, yeah, but this also a rabbit hole there. Te- te- testing and medicine gets better, ever, so I think these things get spotted since, sooner. Yeah, I think ever since the um, thing in the, at the Euros with Ericsson, clubs uh, uh, are a lot more alive to it now. And yeah. They're, they're, they're looking for, for things now where they may not have been looking for things before. And I think... You know, we'll wait and see. I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Another one would be very interesting to test the water with. Who's right. that? Uh, Serge mm, He's only His contract's due up, not this summer, next summer, isn't it? It's 2023, I think, isn't it? Uh, he'd be very interesting to um, test the waters on because they've signed Sané to big money. They've signed Kingsley Coleman. Up till mm. 2027, I think they've got a, yo- a couple of young players coming through. I'm pretty convinced that they're going to get Eddie Amy. Mm. So I wonder if they'd be open to offers for uh, Serge Nabry. Do you remember Tony Peele said he wasn't good enough for West, West Brom? 
Remember, yeah. remember those days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but weren't they fun? Yeah. I mean, they... what, what would you be doing? What would you be doing in this window? I, I'm pretty. Look, I, I'd be amazed. I'd be, yeah, Muslera. That's him. Oh, I, I, I went full football manager. I like took seven out, put seven in because I got bored. <laughs> I didn't I got, go full Keith, but oh, I, I went, full, I went full Keith because I was, I had a spare half an hour, I was bored. So, um, yeah, because I was getting like Nico Phillips will go in. I was binning Cater off. Origi uh, Minimina will go in. Adrian was going. And I think I said McCarthy or Sam Johnston. I had the choice. I think Sam Johnston because they're both free. The only thing with Sam Johnson, he's a very good coach, but I don't think he'd want to come to be a number two or number three. So, um, I you... because I think you look at, you know, if a club like Liverpool comes for you, I honestly don't <coughs> think many players. I, th- I think if you got Sam Johnson in, you could then say to Callagher, you can go on loan to a decent mid mid table Premier League side, be a number one for you, get that experience under your belt, and yeah. then bring him back. But then we don't. But then, but then we don't shit the bed when Allison gets an injury, which he will, because touch wood. But it happens, and we go. Oh, it's Sam Johnson again. We're going. Yeah, he's decent though, isn't he? I thought he was good at Kelleher, but you know, he's a yeah. decent back. He's a decent backup. So that's why I was thinking him. Plus, he's English, so that yeah helps to know the uh, the quota thing. And um, like you saying, is Will Sahar worth punt? No, I think, I think no. that ship sailed, and he and I have, think the he the, does have to assure. I think the, the no. Tottenham sending off showed why. A, some of the bigger clubs have looked away from him. I still think he's too easy to wind up. And That's I think a great he, shout, Laura. By the way, and I think it. And I think in Europe, I'd be like, do you know, in Europe, I mean, look, we saw it with Atletico how they tried to wind Manny up to get him sent off and clock to take him off. You'd be doing that with Zaha too much. Uh, yeah, it's a great shout. I know Gnabry uh, contract runs at twenty twenty, and he would class as homegrown because he came through the Arsenal academy. Yeah, he came. He spent like, enough uh, time in England. Yeah. Like a Seth, that's Seth actually Fabregas. a really, really interesting shout, Laura. I hadn't so, thought of that. Fair so, what, so what I'm going to say is, I'm going to steal Laura's answer. I'm going to say Serge Gnabry and Luis Diaz. Wouldn't be the last. It wouldn't be the first time, would it? Yeah, steal. <laughs> steal this is a good idea. Why not? Uh, midfield wise, I said Basuma. I'd done Shumani, but I ummed an R between Shumani and Ward Prowse. Shumani, I thought, because it's your, your future plan for Fabinho. But Ward-Prowse, you're replacing Milman now because he can cover lots of midfield positions and in an emergency, he could also cover fullback, which he has done for Southampton. Yeah. And with his crossing ability and the way we play as fullbacks, he's basically playing right mid anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And again, he's quite good at set pieces, so it gives just another option. So, And then forward-wise, I put Luis Diaz and Vlavic, but I'm now sort of thinking, do you go Luis Diaz and... Do you go Luis Diaz and Gnabry? I mean, Gnabry's... A great job, uh, especially the homegrown quota thing. So, should we start? Should we get that room going on Twitter? Yeah, why not? Get happy to Liverpool, exactly. <laughs> Source is close. Source is close. Sports unplugged. Yeah, it just goes to show if you go and look at those players, right? If you go and look at those mm. players on transfer markets, and you probably add 20 30% to those values that they have on there. Yeah, they're yeah, not huge money. I mean, the, I don't think. I think the most expensive of those players would probably be Basuma at fifty million. Uh, Vlavic, according to transfer market, is sixty-three. Yeah, and the rumours is they want seventy-five million euros. Yeah, so but got, that's a buyout. That's pretty, so... that's pretty ballpark, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, you look at transfer market. They're saying thirty-six million for Luis Diaz. You, you're not getting thirty-six. Million. No. Well, do you know what? I don't know. I think because... you're getting. I think you're getting close to what we paid for Jota, which is 
Yeah, it was 43. 43, 45. I think that's more realistic. Uh, the rumour that came out that were leaked from the press was that's the price point Liverpool see him as. Yeah, and I so, think that um, that's if we're looking at players in that kind of market, right? Between look, Man City's price market for an average price for a player is between thirty-five and fifty million. Okay, if we're looking at players and we're signed, just for example, if we sign players at the thirty-five to fifty million pound range, and the scouting system that we have trusted the buying the right type of player. I would I would trust Klopp to improve those players' value and their abilities because at, if you're buying thirty-five to fifty million pound players, I don't think you're buying Muppets. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're, you're buying good players. If we look at all the players Klopp's bought that are over thirty-five million plus, Chamberlain and Cater are probably the disappointments. You would but say, I think, but I think they're only disappointments because of the. Minutes on the pitch that they've been able to produce. Injuries, consistently. But there's them too. But then all the ones who paid over 35 minutes. Yeah, Firmino. Firmino, Firmino Salah, Fabi- Mane, Jota. Fabinho, Van Dijk, Alisson. You know, we actually do all right with that range. The low range, we're a bit hit and miss. But I think that's the risk when you go yeah. for the lower end range. Uh, unless it's someone like a Thiago where you can find a contract clause. Yeah. Now, uh, so... Uh, Red Sea said Gnabry is 63 million on the transfer market, which is probably true. Well, got but I think more... transfer market values were set at March last year, which yeah. would be... 80, 80 months on, his, you know, 80 lot, months on yeah. a contract. When a player gets a one-year on a contract, contract it, then. it slashes, I, I it slashes it down. down a bit. Which is um, Porto would love Origi. <laughs> Apparently, Napoli were rumoured to be alerted to Origi. And um, Napoli are losing Duris Mertens. And I think mm. a lot of the Italian clubs are looking at the likes of Tammy Habern and what they're doing at um, Roma. At Roma. But what they're looking at is okay, look, you, were, you weren't getting games for Chelsea, but look at what you're doing in this league. And you're doing really well. So they they might look at a Divock Origi and take a punt on players who are on the bench at top-end Premier League clubs, knowing that there's every chance they can come into Serie A and light up the league. You know, so, I, I mean, people might dismiss it as, you know, it's Napoli, they're a big club in that. But honestly, a lot of these squad players playing in top-end Premier League clubs could really do good jobs at most of the other clubs in Europe. They're really good. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if a Napoli or someone like that did, you know, did something for a Divock Origi or somewhere like that in the summer. But it's up to the player as well. I mean, at the end of the day, the thing from what I understand with the Divock Origi deal is it's down. There has to be three-way agreement between the club, mm-hmm. the player and the agent as to whether he wants to commit you know, extend by 12 months. I just don't think he will. I think he'll be allowed to leave in the summer. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we've kept these pe- lovely people long enough, man. There's nearly, 10 to nearly, nearly two hours. We, we, yeah. need to, we need to get better our time and get yeah, the key. We've, we've got to narrow this this stuff down slightly. <laughs> but look, I just want to say thanks to everyone to, who's been in the chat. It's been a great discussion. We've loved your contributions. It's been absolutely fantastic. If you could hit... Give the, as Steve would say, give the like button a tickle on your way out would be very much appreciated. It helps us out a lot. And 
any suggestions you have, throw them in the comment section below at the end of the show. It would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, anything, Chris? Anything you want to add? No, no. I uh, just look forward to the weekend's footy. So um, cheers for tuning in, and we'll we'll see you all. Well, well we'll be back you'll on see, Sunday. You'll, with you'll, see, Ke- you'll see Kev every day next week because he's on the shows all the time. <laughs> well, we'll be back on Sunday for a post-match show with Gav. Uh, pretty much, I think, 10 minutes after kickoff. And we'll be back then for the fat back four on Sunday night as normal, 10 o'clock. Cool. Till then, guys. See you next week. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.